Hi, and welcome to this audio edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. On this program, we discuss polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism from a biblical Christian perspective. We talk about the history of polygamy, its modern-day fruit, share stories from people who have escaped polygamy, and talk about current events relating to polygamy. You can learn more about the video edition of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. And now, here's Doris. Welcome to our show tonight. This is Polygamy, What Love Is This? And I am your host, Doris Hansen. And of course, we're here every Thursday night to talk about polygamy, uh, beginning with Joseph Smith and on into early Mormonism, pioneer Mormonism, and of course, contemporary polygamy with the current Mormon polygamy groups. We also talk often about biblical polygamy and how it is not commanded by God as all of the Mormon polygamists claim he does. We hope you enjoy the show we've got planned tonight. Our guest is the author of the book entitled Prisons of the Mind, and this is a picture of the cover of the book. This book tells the story of her life in polygamy and her torturous journey getting out of polygamy. It talks about how and why she was forced into an arranged polygamous marriage at age 15, of the absolute control of his wives with the doctrine of polygamy as taught by Joseph Smith, how she was commanded to obey a higher law than what God has given in his Bible, how she was taught about the law of consecration and blood atonement and the bizarre sexual lust involved in her polygamous relationship. Forget the fluff and forget the fuzzies of sister wives and read the true story of the inside working of thousands of polygamous women and their children uh, and the marriages and the hell that they go through and suffer in the name of polygamy and in these secretive polygamy groups. All because of Joseph Smith and Section 132 of the Doctrine and Covenants. Mm -hmm. So I would like to introduce our guest tonight, the author of the book, Prisons of the Mind. Uh, you've been here three times now, Keziah Hancock. Who's counting? Who's counting? Well, Not me. <laughs> we're grateful to have you here. You Thanks bet. for coming. Now, this is a very interesting book. It has some horror stories in it of your life in polygamy. How can our viewers get a copy of the book? Is it still in print? No, but there's used copies on Amazon. Amazon.com. Yeah. So if any of our viewers would like to get a copy, you can go there and order the book Prisons of the Mind by Keziah Hancock on Amazon.com. So tonight we want to talk about authority. Who has it? Who doesn't? why those who think they have it really don't have it, and hopefully, after all is said and done, point our viewers to the one and only true authority uh, in and of this universe. Of course, that's the biblical Jesus Christ. Now, you will discover tonight that Keziah has much to say on the topic of authority, but before we get started, we want to establish with our viewers why Keziah has the right to speak about these things. Anybody can say anything about anything. But do they speak with wisdom? Do they speak with experience? Do they speak with the knowledge of study and, of course, proper critical thinking? We want to answer the question beforehand, why should we listen to what she has to say about polygamy, about this cult culture, about Joseph Smith, and about the authoritarian Mormonism uh, that Mormonism invented? Well, first of all, Keziah has served Joseph Smith precept for precept, line upon line, doctrine for doctrine, 
more intensely, more completely, more thoroughly, more faithfully, and more painfully than probably anyone who is watching our show tonight. Keziah was born and raised in Joseph Smith's polygamous doctrine. She wholeheartedly served and obeyed those who followed Joseph Smith. She suffered tremendously at the hands of those who uphold Joseph Smith and his polygamous doctrines. She submitted to their so-called priesthood authority. So we established that Keziah's opinions and conclusions and philosophy about our culture has been honed through her experience, and that's why she gets to talk about it tonight. Now, on, on your, in your book, on page 37 of your book, Prisons of the Mind, you wrote that you were raised in your polygamous environment. You called yourselves children of the covenant. According to the polygamous, what exactly does poly, uh, children of the covenant mean? It means that, uh, well, Joseph Smith, uh, you know, my great-grandfather, uh, Levi Ward Hancock, and his son, Mosiah Hancock, which their names are in the Doctrine and Covenants, that, uh, that that's my grandfather, uh, my great-grandfather, and then, of course, my father had two wives, so there's the three generations of polygamy. Uh -huh. You know, right. in fact, it, when my dear sister was trying to uh, open up my eyes, which... I I made a statement to her. She she was trying to show me things that, of course, you know, people don't like to think they've been lied to their whole life. So I, I was quick to reject it, you know. Mm -hmm. And I says, I was born believing in Joseph Smith, and I'll die believing in Joseph Smith. Oh, God oh, changed your mind. Ouch. <laughs> so Children oh. of the Covenant means that you were born yeah. under the covenant of polygamy, under this new and everlasting covenant that Joseph Smith so called anyway, polygamy. So anyway, I figured I had, I had to live it because Mama made a covenant with Daddy that she would bring our children up in that covenant mm -hmm. uh, when I was the baby in her womb. So I felt like... You know, Mama made that covenant. I made that covenant. I have to do this. How old were you when you personally made the covenant? Uh, I was given in marriage at 15 and a half. Yeah. So you were that But didn't you make a covenant to God before you were given in marriage? Weren't you okay, ho than that? hold on. Then I'll, I'll just... Okay, I was, I was a rebellious kid, a normal child, <laughs> 12, 13, 14. Um... Mama wanted me to go to church. I didn't want to go to church. Somebody offered, uh, you know, they'd pay me 10 bucks if I'd go carry rocks and cactus off the mountain for him. So I went with him and being alone with that man by myself, he went behind a hill and he held a dagger to my side. And he says, oh, you're so smart. You know, you think you, you know so much. H how do you feel now? I could end your life right now, throw it out. Your body up out and nobody would even discover you for months. They, they'd, you know, the buzzards would pick your bones. And there was something in me that said, by God, I'm getting out of here now. And I cranked <laughs> that door handle and rolled out on the ground and I ran. And all the way checking up the hill, I says, God, you get me out of this. I'll attend the meetings. I'll, I'll go to church. I'll do whatever the brethren tell me. Just get me out of this mess. I'll repent, you know. So that's what you did. So so I, that's what you did. Then I had okay. to, I, I, I couldn't break my covenant with what I felt well, you God wanted me to do. Right. 
uh, one particular teaching that much of Mormon, uh, in <coughs> fact, the entirety of Mormonism hangs on to one way or another, in one form or another, is the idea of serving the one above you. There's, there's one, oh, yeah. you serve Final the leader. one who turns the one, and then you serve yeah. him, and then yeah. so on until the mm -hmm. top of this religious human totem pole. Yeah. And the top one is the one who answers to God. Mm -hmm. They maintain that the faithfulness and loyalty must be to that man above you yes. rather than to God himself. Now, was this idea enforced in your experience? Oh, yes. In your and, and they, you know, it's like if you don't serve your husband and then the husband served like Leroy Johnson or Guy Musser or Marion Hammond or whoever his file leader is, uh -huh. and then they're accountable to Jesus. They make that line, that list so far yeah. uh, removed for you to ever get to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, you know... Uh, <clears throat> and that's it, the way it was in the Kingston group. They call it the law one above another, and and you are answer to the one above you. Oh, it's you called the file all. leader. Yeah, in okay. in in the Johnson group. But you know, in Deuteronomy, we're going to have two little quotes here: Deuteronomy six thirteen and First Samuel seven three. It says, "Fear the Lord your God and serve Him only." And in First Samuel seven three, it says, "Commit yourselves to the Lord and serve Him only." Now, the word only means just. Yeah. It, there's nothing in the Bible uh, that talks about following the leader above you or church leaders or just in God fact, alone. In fact, it says never put your trust in the arm of flesh. Right, exactly. And when you're following that file leader, baloney, that's what you're doing. You're putting mm -hmm. your trust in the arm of flesh, yeah. Mm -hmm, that's exactly right. You were told that you and your family were blessed uh, because of the righteousness of your polygamist husband. And he warned you that you had to obey him because he was your God. Did you believe him when he told you that? And what do you think about that now? <laughs> Boy, I sure showed that sucker. <laughs> I ran away and I showed he wasn't my God. But did you believe it at the time? Well, were you intimidated enough to believe it, or I? Not? Okay, let's let's talk about priesthood. No, we're going to go that later. Okay, let's, but hold on, because yeah, sweetheart, <laughs> I I got to touch on it here. Okay, you can touch on it here, but we're going to no, more okay, coming okay, later. Okay, but look, see when when uh, you think that somebody has priesthood authority, a connection with God, because he has special powers that you don't have. And then he'd say, if you don't obey me, I am the one that holds the keys to your exaltation. Right, right. Even to the resurrection, according yes, to their doctrine. Yes, yes. And if you do not obey me, then you're breaking your covenant, and you will be damned for time and all eternity, and you will be dissolved into native element. In other words, you, my dear, will cease to exist. And so that's what you believe when he said that, that he was that, your God. That's exactly you know, what you believe. So, so that part, I, I, I knew that I wasn't perfect, and I knew that I wasn't willing to risk life and limb and eternity on how smart I was because mm -hmm. I thought gosh I don't know that much mm -hmm. and uh, so maybe this is a safe zone just obey because that's all I know mm -hmm. yeah oh but my gosh these guys you know not only did I work anywhere from 12 to 16 hours a day Mm -hmm. uh, guys, this, this is not an exaggeration. Uh, even to this day, I'm still a workaholic. You know, people wonder how many 
how I can put out the work that I even do now because it's it's just it's, what I do. It's what you were. It, yeah. it, time matters to me. So, but anyway, to to have all my uh, you know work twelve to sixteen hours, six days a week, and the moment that I would stop, bam, I'd fall asleep just like that. Sit in the truck, bam. Uh, I mean, within two minutes, I'd be asleep. That that's how tired that's I was how all tired the time. You were. And sleep uh, all day Sunday except for when I had to endure the sexual abuse and to go to meeting and I'd sleep through the whole mm -hmm. meetings, mm -hmm. but I okay. couldn't help it. Well, let's, let's, let's talk to right now the women, uh, the polygamist wife maybe, uh, who may be watching the show right now. If you're thinking maybe of, uh, of becoming a polygamist wife, if you are one now, or if you've walked away from being a polygamist life, wife and you live in profound guilt, because you left. You need to know that your husband is not your God, nor is he God's representative to you. God comes first, not your husband. And God's will is monogamy, not polygamy. He said, commit yourself to the Lord and obey him. And this command is given equally to male and female. Okay, sweetheart, can I finish answering your first question? Mm -hmm. Because I didn't answer. You said, you know, okay, now what do I think now? Okay, first yeah. of all, when, when uh, I had to come to the point where I figured, you know what, I will risk being damned for time and all eternity because of the hell that I had to endure. And I figured, you know what, how can they send me to hell? I've already been through hell. How can hell be worse than this? Yep. So I thought, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna run away from this wretched mess. E even though right right to the last week before I ran away, he says you have to obey me because I am your God. And how did you respond to him? I didn't challenge him. Not yet. I wasn't no. gonna let that sucker know what I was planning. Yeah, for he, sure. He could tell himself that God business all day long, but I had plans to escape. Well, the thing is, with uh, with what they do, and they intimidate polygamous men intimidate women like that all the time. Oh, of they course, they do it all the time. But we're never commanded to blind obedience to a church or to its leadership or to a male or a male husband or a male priesthood holder. Or, no, at all. Yeah. So you know, then uh, when I had the backbone and the fortitude to run away. Then, uh, you know, uh, all these, they think they have a special priesthood that they could ask God to curse me. Mm -hmm. But see, God doesn't listen to this nonsense. Sure. And then, and even after I ran away from that wretched mess, because I still believed in Joseph Smith. Oh, gosh. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. I have to admit this, but it's the truth. It, it's, you know, folks, I want you to know, I do not look down my nose at anybody in Mormonism because I was in that state myself. I know how you think. I know how hard it is to consider that Joseph Smith could have possibly been uh, somebody that, told fabulous fairy tales. Myths. Myths. Smith's myths. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, see, I, I just want you to know that if and when you ever decide to get your eyes open and look at the facts, it stinks, it's rotten, it's disgusting, but it's real. 
What advice do you have for females that are watching our show tonight that might be struggling with this very concept? Okay. Especially the polygamous Here's ladies. what I have to say. Figure out your escape plan. Whatever priesthood powers that they supposedly possess, it is nothing. They have absolutely no power over Not you. Not from God, they don't. No, they don't. No. I mean, you know, voodoo's uh, witchcraft has powers, but it's not from the high, higher source. In fact, see, how I've survived to be as sane as I am with all these different people asking God's cursings upon me is uh, by saying, you know what? Satan has power, but Jesus, you're my God. You are greater. I just have to endure it because I can't, I can't help it. Because the Bible tells us that we are to love God with all of our minds, but doesn't it seem like that their minds are already made up, that they don't test the doctrine, they just believe what they're told, their minds are closed, just believing in everything that they're it's told? It's a very prideful thing. Uh, look. What about <coughs> the young girl that's raised from the cradle to believe all this nonsense? Sweetie, look, Mormonism, when, when you... The people that are raised, when they think that by special uh, hands laid upon their head or special words said over their head or special underwear with special little markings and they're somebody special, oh, they're far more godly and righteous and they're going to be exalted. Worlds without end, posterity, as numerous as the sands on the seashore. Some little bugger in Africa, he ain't going to have that. Somebody in Australia, oh, no, 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 unless you belong to their church. But God doesn't show favoritism. They love that element of pride. They didn't have to work for it. You know, they, they didn't have to uh, submit to Jesus. They're going to get to heaven on their own merits because of their work. They're going to, you know... Uh, they're going to put forth effort, whatever they think that they're supposed to do, whether it's pay tithing, do all the busy work, tend the meetings, teach school, Sunday school, you know, build buildings, churches, whatever. Whatever the work is that they think they're supposed to do, see, they, mm -hmm. they figure that they're going to work their way into that. And oh, then absolutely. They're like the, uh, you know, the story in the Bible where, where, where the one... Uh, a uh, guy, he, he thinks he's so smart, and he's looking over at the other one. He says, oh, God, I'm so glad. I'm not like that guy. Yeah. You know, that yeah. mm -hmm. stinking beggar, in the temple. Uh, yeah. taxpayer, what, collector, whatever he is, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and, and God says, yeah, well, that guy over there that you think stinks, <laughs> he's far more righteous than you are yeah, because at least he he's telling home, the truth. So, you know, uh <laughs> It's, I know that all the beautiful Mormons that I just absolutely love, it's just about like trying to talk to a brick wall. You know, I mean, and, and they love me. And, and they have some major of respect for me. But really, what they do not realize is by them claiming that they have the Melchizedek priesthood, 
that priesthood belongs to Jesus only. Absolutely. And so what they're doing, you know, if somebody rattled off the Lord's name in vain, they'd go, oh, that is so bad. Yeah, well, that's what you're doing, mister. Mm -hmm. Every time you think that you have that Melchizedek priesthood, because you don't. No, what do you have anyways? Yeah. How about zero? <laughs> and, and, and women that are intimidated. Well, I, I don't hold the priesthood, so I guess I have to be obedient to my husband. Please. No, there's no hierarchy with the, God the, that way at You all. know, every man, woman, child regardless of their age, has a direct line to God. To God. Mm -hmm. The only through, mediator is Jesus. Through medium, Jesus. Jesus. Okay. He is the truth. He is the way. He is the light. Period. No man takes his place. No man. Let's go to your book on page 41. Okay. I want to quote in the book a conversation that you were listening in on when you were a teenager. This is on page 41 of your book. And I believe this man ends up being your polygamist husband. But I want to quote, uh, and it should go up on the screen. Where it says, quote, a man must ask his wife to do something, and maybe she does it, maybe she don't. But if it were my wife, I'd see to it that it was done. That's the only way to really make something out of her in the long run. I wouldn't put up with a blank rebellion that most men put up with. Everyone I have ever taken under my supervision to train, I made something out of them. Is this the way the polygamous <coughs> men treat the women that they Oh, oh, darling. So it's their responsibility so to make something out of I'm so glad you brought this up because here's the deal. When they was going to go like for a cup of coffee, yeah, it, he'd tell me, now I want to know, when I get back, how, you need to account to me for every minute how you spend it. So he's trying to make something out of you Yeah, that way. because see, he got really upset with me because I... I, I took a little uh, one, one of the little old ladies plates and it had a big pretty rose on there and I was drawing that on a, a little piece of paper with just a pencil to send as a as a birthday card for a dear friend of mine that I'd left behind to get into this wretched mess and uh, man they, they just got ballistic hmm. and then uh, the, the oil paints that my precious mother paid ten dollars for uh, the few that I had, uh, that she worked all day long for that ten bucks to buy me just uh, little tiny tubes, you know, mm -hmm. several of them, and uh, he he took all that stuff and he just said, "You are not going to waste your time with that." Put it, I remember it sitting on the top of the garbage can. Hmm. Did you, you retrieve it? I didn't. I should. Geez, I, I wouldn't dare. Oh, my goodness. Well, there's another quote that I would like our viewers to know that I'm going to read from page 78 that falls right into this, how he thought, what he thought of women. And this might make some of us gasp. Anyway, it's on page 78 of the book, and I quote, Women are a dime a dozen. Oh, yeah. The only thing that makes them of any value is mm -hmm. if they can be obedient. Mm -hmm. If a man never required anything of his women, he would be held responsible for their being worthless. So do you think you're going to go to heaven without ever earning the privilege of being there? You're not. That is yeah. so, yeah. that is women so are ugly. A dime a dozen. All that, yeah, and that's the way they I treat, know. That's that's the, way exactly they treat right. the women in polygamy. Yep, sure. 
And the fact that he calls them worthless, that he says you that you have no value unless you're obedient to them, and that yeah. goes back to he's he's your God. Yeah. And he has to require from you what yeah. he wants. And and uh, now 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 folks, look, here I am. I am basically earning the the uh, the breadwinner for. It was like seven people at that time. How many wives did he have, by the way? Well, I was the third. You were the third wife, okay. Yeah, uh, but um, so for seven people, I'm working all these radical hours in a day, but what does he say? The only reason why God blesses you at all is because of my righteousness. Oh my goodness, self-righteousness there. That's what God hates, yeah. Yeah, that's what he said. Half the Earth's population are women. So half the Earth's population is totally worthless in their eyes? Is that the way it goes? Oh, yeah. And not only that, but when they have... It's so easy to, to, to get a wife that, you know, if she has like a tube pregnancy or, or something that, that... The normal man that cares about his wife would spend maybe $5,000 uh, taking her to a doctor to save her life. Nah, I ain't no. gonna work for no yeah. 5,000 bucks. I'll just get another wife. No. You know, Jesus, yeah, Jesus uh, so taught that whether, he taught that whether we're male or female, it doesn't matter. Our value, our personal value lies in not our marriage, not our husband, but our relationship with God. That's where our value lies. Amen. Not, not in any gender roles. I, I totally agree with that. And that's the way that we have to look at it. And that's the way we want polygamy women today to look at it. Your value is in whether you've got a right relationship with God through Jesus Christ, because your husband is not your mediator with God at all. You can have a personal relationship with him without the mediator. Uh, it isn't God's way. Now, Mary Mackert, I think you know who she is. Um, mm -hmm. described her wedding day as the saddest day of her life. Oh, yeah. How would you describe your wedding day? This was so miserable that I remember after taking the vows, uh, Guy Musser was the one that performed the service, and I stood there and just with the most sober face, and I just said, God, I hope I can endure. He says, endure? <laughs> hey! It's your wedding day. You're supposed to be happy. And I thought, no. There was no way in God's green earth that that was my choice. I had hated the man since I was nine. And if I hadn't been told that if you don't obey priesthood counsel, you know, th this idea, you've got to come, put yourself at the feet of the priesthood council and let them tell you where God yeah. wants you to and go. And again, because they're telling you what God yeah, wants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so, you know, here, here again, being intimidated by this priesthood thing, uh, folks, it's, it's a hoax. They don't have nothing. They have no priesthood whatsoever. They have no priesthood, period. There's no special power. The, the, the special power that anybody can have is on your knees confessing your sins and saying, Jesus, I cannot make it without you. I need you as my personal Savior, and I need you to guide me. That's it. In, Nobody in else has circles. to be around. Nobody, it doesn't have to be 
any big ceremony, no special clothing. And the day, the day that I got on my knees and I said, God, I beg you to forgive me for having ever, ever, ever been stupid enough to believe in Mormonism. Lord, I, just take it away from me. Take it all away. I want nothing in my mind, my body, or my soul except for you, God, your Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Ghost that, that Christ said would come. Mm -hmm. That's it. Absolutely. I can't take yep. it. And you know, every, every blessing in my life has it's all been since then. It's amazing how well that works. It's, it is, absolutely. Yeah. When we trust God, all these things change. Yeah. Um, the, the, in polygamy circles, we keep hearing the word or the phrase higher law or higher laws. What is the higher laws of polygamy? <laughs> I was going to say something, but I repented of it. Okay, before. <laughs> I was going to say it, it makes a guy get higher parts. Okay. I mean, that's their higher law. They're run by their little head instead of the big one. I'm okay. sorry. Let's go to page 48 okay. of your book. But you know what? <laughs> that's No woman would ever sanction polygamy unless it was for the flipping 132nd section. She wouldn't well, do it. Well, that's right. And why, and why didn't God, I've asked this question before, why didn't God tell Emma? Why did he just tell Joseph about polygamy? Joseph told Emma, but God didn't. And yet, yeah. yet God told Rebecca when she got pregnant, well, and God told Hannah when she was going to get pregnant, and, and you know, and he told uh, Samson's mother when she was going to get pregnant. Why didn't she tell, he, why didn't God tell Emma? Because it's not God, it's, it's Satan. And, mm -hmm. and, and when the man's looking at this, the reason why he's saying it's higher, because he's going to have all these women working, handing him their wages. He's got all these free babysitters. He's got uh, a different sex partner every night. And, uh, you know, the money that comes in from not having to pay the wages, the business advantage that that is, and being over control. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, These you know, there's a million reasons rich. for a man to say it's a higher law. It's, it's so, but when you've been on the, uh, the bottom half getting the, the crap kicked out of you, um, there is nothing righteous about it. It, 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 it. The the whole word polygamy is the most disgusting thing. Of course, next morning. And, and, <laughs> and the practice is it. We need to break. We need to stop for the break right now. But before we do, I, I would just like to to say something um, that that kind of should should close this particular part of the conversation. And it comes from Luke chapter 16, verse 16, where Jesus said, the law and the prophets were proclaimed until John. Now, that is John the Baptist that he's talking about. The law and the prophets were proclaimed until John. John the Baptist was the last prophet. Jesus is saying, it's over. There's no more law. There's no more prophets. John the Baptist was the last prophet, and Jesus fulfilled the law. It's over, folks. Grace reigns now. No more religious law. No more higher law. No more uh, law from, from a living prophet or, or the mediator between man and wife. Grace reigns.
God's love reigns through grace, not through law, and not through any prophet. And not through your all. work. And not through any works. Yeah, we're saved by grace, not by yeah, works. At least, uh, otherwise, Christ died in vain, and he didn't die absolutely, in vain. Absolutely, absolutely. So we need to open up the telephones right now, and we invite our viewers to call in and ask Keziah a question. We do ask that you stay on topic. Please have respect for our guest and stay on topic when you call and make comments or ask questions. Our phone number is 801-973-8820-973-TV20. And as your phone calls come in, we will share our message with you. The night of my wedding was the saddest day of my life. Either you live polygamy or you're going to go to hell. And I would wish somebody would come and kidnap me and take me away. I had no idea what polygamy was actually going to be like. Dear God, help me get out. All these men did whatever they wanted to all these women in my life, and sometimes me. I was given as a third wife to a man that I'd hated since I was nine. And I couldn't do whatever I think about it. I was born here, in the land of the free, a slave in a polygamous cult. And my story is not unique. Tragically, too many heartbreaking stories are never made public and they remain untold. We are talking about tens of thousands of lives held captive by this cruel system of religious polygamy. And it is a living nightmare for those who want to get out and can't. I, like other polygamous children, did not have a choice in marriage. I had my free agency to do what I was told or suffer the consequences. That's not a choice. Polygamy forces young girls into marriage because the supply of women gets depleted quickly. They are treated and considered as commodities. I married our prophet, Joel LeBaron's younger brother, Verlin, when I was just past my 15th birthday. I became his sixth wife. He was 38. If the public was educated about what really goes on in polygamy, they would realize that these women are literally in bondage. I wanted to run, I wanted to leave. And by the time I really got the courage to leave, I found out I was pregnant and felt like I couldn't. And with each one that was born, I hated myself because I brought another child into slavery. I was now trapped. And uh, the bondage of my motherhood was now gonna keep me there. And I would hold my baby and cry and tell her, what kind of a mommy have you got? You will be a slave all your life, just like me, and I brought you into this world. I prayed every day, dear God, help me get out, but help me get out with my children. A Shield and Refuge ministry draws its mission from Isaiah 61, to bring good news to the afflicted, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners, and to declare the Lord's favor to those who have only heard of His anger and rejection. The challenge before us is to have a safe place for refugees to go. You can't even imagine how different my life would have been if that had existed for me. 
But we know that God has not called us to undertake this task alone. We need help. And he's putting together a team to make this facility a reality. We are calling this safe house the Hagar Home in honor of a young, helpless girl who fled polygamy thousands of years ago and in recognition of the great God who saw her and cared for her and still sees and cares for polygamous refugees today, then they too will be able to heal and grow strong and move forward in life with hope and confidence. Together we can bring good news to those who suffer, gently calm those who live in fear, and declare freedom to those modern-day Hagars of contemporary Mormon fundamentalism. Welcome back to our show, Polygamy, What Love Is This? I'm your host, Doris Hansen, and with our guest tonight, Keziah Hancock, we've been talking about authority and some of her experiences in her uh, in the past in her past when she was a third the third polygamous wife to a man and his horrible treatment which you can find uh, more information in her book she wrote prisons of the mind which you can go to amazon.com and find copies of the book before we get to the telephone calls and it looks like we've got some calls coming in I would like to mention something about Kaziah's personal life you can go to the website uh, the link on the screen uh, heropaintings.com under the project compassion and find out a little bit about what Kaziah does you know just a few years ago Kaziah gathered together her paintbrush and her oils and she found a way to make sure that the faces of our fallen military heroes are honored and seen and never forgotten. So Keziah has, uh, has been painting the faces of these fallen soldiers and she has finished and presented to the families of these soldiers approximately 1,400 paintings of these men. She gives, does it free of charge and gives it to the families who request it, those who have years. died in military service. For 12 years yeah. she's been doing this. She has been honored with numerous awards for her work through through Project Compassion. And some of the awards that she has received include the Gold Medal of Merit from the Veterans of Foreign Wars, the American Legion Patriot Award, the Commander Award from the Disabled American Veterans, the Sword of Leola Award from the Catholic Church, the Freedom Foundation Award in North Carolina, the Order of Moose, the Governor's Mansion Award, the Minuteman Award, and the Military Order of the Purple Heart gave her the George Washington Spirit Award and most recently she's been notified that she will soon receive the American Red Cross Military Hero Award. She's also received award from the National Guard. The Arts Council has distinguished her with a humanitarian award and the Daughters of the American Revolution Award and the XO Award. She's been the honored speaker to an audience of American military generals in the heart of the Pentagon where she received a standing ovation from all those generals. She's been a guest speaker on nine 
uh, on 911 in 2008 at West Point and also at the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs in 2008 and she spoke at the Sheriff's Convention. So even though Kaziah's previous experience in polygamy trodden down by a man who deemed women no better than worthless doormats, Kaziah has riv risen above her past. She's become honored by her country and most of all has become a biblical Christian giving honor to God always through Jesus Christ alone. We want to thank you Keziah for all you've done and what you are doing honoring our fallen soldiers. And thank although you. that man trawed you down, you had a standing ovation from all those generals yeah, which were mostly men no doubt. That Well it was, it was all men and they're, they're tables were shaped in a U-shape, and so uh, as I stepped down uh, I, I, uh, from the podium, I went forth to shake their hands, and they'd put the military coin for the state that they represent in my hand, and then I'd, you know, put that in my pocket and go on to the mm, next my one. Goodness. <laughs> my goodness. My pocket is just <laughs> heavy laden. Yeah, so then uh, if a person ever visited my home, you'd see that the Commander's Award from the Disabled American Veterans, I've got all these military coins well, stuck to the wall. That's exciting. From the, from the generals. And I've seen, I've seen most of your awards, yeah, too. So I think that's very awesome. So, uh, Keziah, really, you know, ladies, if you want to leave a polygamy situation, you don't have to stay a doormat. You can rise up above what you have been doing and what you are right now. Now we do have some phone calls coming in, um, so we do have more to talk about too, but let's take the phone calls first. On uh, line one we have Kay Brown calling. Hello Kay. Hi Doris. Hi Kay. Hi. How are you tonight? <laughs> Good. I just wanted to call and thank you Keziah for writing your book. I thoroughly loved it. I was just blown away with your ingenuity in survival and the things that you built, the contraptions that you built, and all of the things through your story. I absolutely loved it. I'm so grateful for people like you and Doris who tell it like it is and um, definitely get the truth out there. And I'm grateful for both of you very much and grateful that we do know the Christ. We do know the true Jesus. And just wanted to say thank you, and and just God bless your work, both of you. Thank you. Thank you, Kay. We appreciate your phone call. Thanks. Uh -huh. Bye. Bye. And of course, Kay's been on the show a few times herself. Good. She's, she's been wrote a, written a couple of books of her own. Okay, we have line two. Ralph calling from Las Vegas. Hello, Ralph. Hello. I've been watching your program for quite a while and enjoy your various guests and this, your particular guest right now. Uh, I'm curious, it could not have been easy, obviously wasn't, for her to escape from polygamy. I'm curious, how did she survive? Uh, you know, she had to break away, she had to find a place to stay, she had to find some support. How did she manage that? Th that's a good question. Uh, the you have to read the book. <laughs> I mean, this show isn't long enough for me to answer that. Sorry, sweetheart. It's hey, you can find a copy of this. I seen some on there for less than five bucks. I don't know what condition and, they're and in, but I'm uh, sure they're still readable. And let's say that you're not going to get any money for this because they're not in print anymore, so they're going to be used copies. So you're uh, not that, trying that, to that, push your book. Uh, that's right. <laughs> it's uh, no, I. 
there it, it's, and it's uh, six thousand uh, copies are out there somewhere. Mm -hmm. So, but uh, and it'll answer your question. Well, I can look for for the books. I've uh, bought the books of some of your guests in the past, and mm -hmm. I can I'll look and see what I can. Uh, okay, but, it's, but it's let me give you a short answer. Uh, you know, I have what's called tenacity, and by God, I will survive. I will survive, and it really didn't matter when I left that wretched mess. If I wound up in Japan as a is in the rice paddies or in some motel scrubbing floors. I was not going to be somebody's doormat anymore, period. So, and I'm frugal. So. Well, I appreciate that. It's an interesting story, <laughs> and Doris, I enjoy your show and watch it regularly. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Goodbye. Interesting. Las Vegas. Okay. Line three, Bonnie calling from Salt Lake City. Hello, Bonnie, you're on the air. Hi. Hello. First of all, I wanted to tell you both, thank you so much for your courage in standing up for Jesus. And I, my question is, I recently had a, an argument with my dad about Joseph Smith, particularly, and um, but he is LDS. And we get into these arguments every now and then, and he won't leave me alone about it. I would like to have your advice on what to tell him to make him back off and leave me alone because I can't get, I don't know how to get him to stop bothering me about going to church. And I'll hang up and I'll let you answer. Okay. Oh, okay. Can, can I say something real sure, quick? Yeah, okay. Go ahead. Here's the thing. You know, if he thinks that he has some special priesthood, that's, that's, that's why he just loves being part of that organization, ask him to go wa uh, walk on water, because that's what Jesus did. <laughs> See how that works out for him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, and Bonnie, I'll, I'll disconnect, and I have something to also to say that you can listen on the okay, television. Okay, thank you. Okay, thank you. Uh, and I do, you know, we, I'm sure you do too, get calls and, and people, questions from people like this who want to know how, how they can to not only help them, but get them to quit bugging them. But you know what? There's the Articles of Faith that the, the, the polygamists believe in the Mormon Articles of Faith. And isn't, isn't there an article of faith that says that they believe that we have the right to believe however we want? That, that we fall, get to, to believe, and if we don't believe in Mormonism, is that article of faith good only for the Mormons, and you have to believe their way, or else that article of faith doesn't work? You know, I tried to memorize that whole wretched mess. I, I, it was a miserable failure. I'd take it out of the goat shed every day, and while the milker was doing the goat, I'm like rehearsing this and yeah. trying to put it away and see if I could re recite it without... Oh. It was a disaster, and you know why? Because it really didn't make any sense. Well, what not faith really. is yeah. what faith is is: Do you believe in Christ and accept Him as your personal Savior and lean on His priesthood, not yours, because mm -hmm. you don't have none. That's right. Then and, and and with that foundation, you're invincible. Tell he calls you home, and nothing is impossible. Well, see, and that's what the polygamy groups do. Uh, they 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 claim the priesthood authority, even with the FLDS. Even the children that are born belong to the priesthood. They don't even belong to their parents. They have usurped that power and made it into something ugly and uh, just 
subordinate everybody and every, especially females, under that power that they don't even have. Yeah. I have a quote from a book called The Prisons of the Mind on page 73 and 74 that Keziah wrote, and I would like to quote, and it says something your husband said again, it's for you to follow your leaders and God will hold them accountable. Even though you may be learning and steadily going up the ladder, your leaders are hearing also and they are going up ahead of you still so that you never can catch up yeah, with your leaders. Yeah, that's the mindset. That's if, if I were to lead you wrong and you followed me, you would go into heaven for obedience and the fault, if any, would be on my head. Oh yeah, that's exactly his quote. And so they can tell you to go rob a bank or mm -hmm. go kill the next door neighbor yeah. or, or cheat on the wages or whatever they want you to do. How about if they tell you to go to hell? I say you ought not to do that. Okay. Because that's exactly <laughs> what they're telling you. If they're telling you to follow... Uh, Mormon doctrine that say go to hell. Why? Because I said so. Well, guess what? I, I've been there and it's not a nice place. I think I'll trade it and go to heaven. You, you can go to hell. <laughs> oh my. Okay, okay. I'll straighten up. Well, I did, I did say that we had an interesting and colorful show for you tonight and we want to try and make good our promises here for that. And one more quote, if, if you don't mind, on page 78. Again, it's your polygamist husband. Um, when you asked him about his cruel treatment of you and your mother, disrespectful and cruel treatment, you asked him, quote, and this is what she said and his answer. Before we came here, you didn't used to treat us the way you do now. So how come it's different? He began to laugh. Ha, 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 ha. That's a mm -hmm. good one. Let me answer you in this way. Have you ever heard of a man trying to catch a fish that he has already caught? He uses the bait for those who are yet swimming around, doesn't he? Yes. So they treat exactly you good right. before you got married. Yeah. And then, then when yeah. you're married to me, turn verbal, physically abusive, and manipulative yeah. and mental cruelty after yep. you're married. Even yep. to your mother. He treated yep. her very badly. Amen. That's exactly right. Do you think that God really wants men to treat women that way? No, because, you know, you know what the Bible <laughs> says. The Bible says a man should treat his wives uh, like, uh, uh, like uh, the... The way Christ treated the church. Yes. Treats and, the church. And so that that kind of respect is there. And then if a man treated his wives with the, the grace and the appreciation that she deserved, then, you know, a woman would want to give him honor. Guys, I'm all about giving a man honor. Good night, nurse. I mean, I, I, I honor men all the time. And, and I, quite frankly, I have never met greater people than, than what I've been painting. Now, how do I know? I, they're deceased. How do I know what they are? Because everything the family shared with me and some of the family members that I've got to meet, these, mm -hmm. are, these are quality human beings. How do I say that? Because their whole idea in life is what can I do for you? To serve others rather than to Like John F. Kennedy others. said, mm -hmm. ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. And when you find that and you find somebody that's going to put his back into anything he's doing to protect those that are weaker and younger and, 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 and stick up for the rights of women, you got a quality human being in a man. And by God, he's worthy.
of and, respect. And you know, Jesus, who was the greatest, the very greatest of them all, yeah. he put on his, his cloth and bent down and washed the feet of Amen. his 12 disciples. That service, the greatest of all came to serve. And that's why, why, why is it the other way around in a polygamous marriage? Because that's the way they like it. <laughs> the patriarchal system has been set up so that, and, and you know what? It's not just women under men, like in polygamy group, but it's men under men. Because only a few men at the top require everybody, men and women below them, to Sweetheart, serve them. let me, let me, can, can I, I, I'm just busting. Oh, just, go have it. Oh, you've you've only you. got about a minute anyway okay. to bust, so have at it. All right. Why in the world would anyone have the audacity to take the purity of the gospel of Jesus Christ and add words and take away words when the scriptures is very adamant about this. It says you add or you take away and you are a curse. Why would anybody have the audacity to do that? Because they don't believe the Bible. Well, there's more to it than that, darling. Okay. It's, it's the money that they're going to get from creating a, a religion that nobody else has got. So y you want that brand, you got to come to them and buy it. The women that are enamored with it, the, the, the power, the sex, it, it's all of that. Quite frankly, all of that stuff, as great as they think it is, that ain't worth selling your soul to get it. It isn't. It is not. But that's why they do it. And a, a, a look at Mohammed. And, and Joseph Smith is an extension of Mohammed. Mm -hmm. Well, he, he called himself the... the Mohammed the, of the, the America. Right. Yeah. He did. He did that and The doctrines too, well. are side by side. So people get upset with me when I do that comparison. But you know what? They ought not to. They ought to go look at the scriptures. Well, to, I mean, go, go read it. Hey, it's the day of information. It's right there on the internet. Yeah, pull up find it. the comparison between Joseph Smith's doctrine and Mohammed's doctrine. Oh, we did a whole show on that not too long ago. Yeah, I mean it's, but it's there. Yeah. Gosh, Absolutely. don't sit there and look at me like I'm got a screw loose. Go, go read it for yourself. Well, in Jesus or in Galatians, it tells us if an angel from heaven, if anybody, even an angel from heaven, comes and gives a different gospel, right. they will be cursed. Not Amen. just the gospel, but those who believe it also. Amen. Well, Kaziah, we are getting close to, to my closing comments. Uh, so okay. I just want, you know, if you have five seconds of, of something to say, you take it, I just want you to know that we appreciate you coming. Um, you come a long way to, to be on the show tonight and with your sweet sister, and I just appreciate your coming and sharing with us. And to close, my closing comments is, of course, about Joseph Smith. He taught that there are multiple gods, and he also taught that a man must have multiple wives, and he taught that there were multiple heavens, and that there were multiple books containing God's word. But God said that there's only <clears throat> one God, that a man must have only one wife, that there's only one heaven, and there's only one book containing God's word to man. Now, Jesus warned us of false prophets who come and say, Thus saith the Lord, but they're teaching myths, not truth. Joseph Smith did precisely that. He taught myths instead of biblical truths. He boasted that he had accomplished more than even Jesus himself had accomplished. Mm, so sense. why revere a man who taught the opposite of what Jesus taught? A man who taught polygamy instead of monogamy? A man who taught favoritism instead of equality? 
we are commanded to reject and turn away from anyone who teaches other gods. Yet Joseph Smith taught there are multiples, multi, multitudes of gods and that we need to learn how to be gods ourselves. What's wrong here? Why is Joseph Smith still ruling this culture from his grave with false doctrine? Why can't his deceptions be clearly seen? Because the Bible says the truth is veiled to those who are perishing. The only way that that veil can be removed is to turn to God and bow your head and bow your heart and bow your life to the Jesus of truth, the Jesus of the Bible. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through him, not through your husband and not through polygamy and no other way. Then you will clearly see the light of the gospel of the glory of God, who is Jesus Christ. We pray you will bow your head and your heart to him tonight. Thanks for watching and good night. This has been the audio podcast edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? This program is a production of the Shield and Refuge Ministry and Main Street Church of Brigham City. You can view current and past video episodes as well as download audio episodes of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance in leaving a polygamous situation, please contact us. We are here to help. All of our contact information can be found at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 877-425-9993. If you have any questions or comments about this or any of our other programs, we'd love to hear from you. Write us at email at whatloveisthis.tv. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again.